0: enjoy and be a part of the process. Everything in life is a process. You're learning, you're growing, you're changing and evolving and enjoy it. Like there is no reason to be a frazzled, manic, stressed out new mom because your child is only a newborn for so long. So just enjoy the milk on you, the late nights, the early mornings, the relentlessness, enjoy that. And grow from it. I'm Amy.
1: And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all
2: face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Okay, today on the podcast, I'm honored for you guys to meet one of my lifelong friends, Kelly. I invited Kelly on the podcast because she's got so much good insight. I've always felt this deep connection with her and I value and love getting her opinion on things. Kelly has recently become a mom. Her baby girl, Parker, joined her and her husband, Chris, in May. By day, she works a corporate marketing job. She's always loved to be active from recreational hiking to paddle boarding. She's also a yoga teacher teacher, a fitness enthusiast, and a group fitness teacher, and she races half Ironmans. So this girl is busy, to say the least. Um, I'm feeling so lucky to have grown up alongside of you, Kelly, and we're getting close to a few decades of friendship, which sounds kind of (laughs) gross. It's so, so long. Um, We're going to dive into all the things, but could you start by telling us a little bit more about yourself?
0: Yes. Hi, guys. This is so cool. I I don't know that I compare to all of the other amazing guests that have been on the podcast, but here we are. I'm honored to be here. Um, as Amy mentioned, my name's Kelly. Uh, grew up in Wisconsin where Amy and I were just slightly competitive with each other, <laughs> playing sports, all of the recreational activities. Um, our parents certainly kept us active And um, from there, after college, I moved to Chicago, where Amy and I were actually roommates um, for a few years, which was super fun. Uh, We coined ourselves the most positive apartment in Chicago. (laughs) Um, So we were always there to motivate each other and keep each other moving in those early 20s years, which were a little crazy. Um, But work-wise, I started at a PR agency in Chicago when Amy and I were living together, Um, And from there, I've grown into corporate marketing roles. And now I'm uh, on a global marketing team for a footwear brand, which is really fun, super exciting, very fast paced. Um, And now I'm honored to have the title mom. And I recently moved to Denver, Colorado. So I have started a new job in the last year. I got pregnant. I now have a baby girl, Parker. Um, And in my free time, which is dwindling these days, um, (laughs) I love to teach group fitness classes. So I'm a certified yoga instructor, as well as um, I've coached high intensity interval workouts um, at a gym here called Alchemy in in Denver. So lots going on. I love to move. Um, I've always been really into um, just understanding my body and my mind. Um, So I know Abby's into this intuitive sort of understanding yourself. But maybe that's where I can share a little insight with everyone today.
1: I love that overview. And there's so many titles here. So thanks for sharing all those with us. But let's start off by going into more details on your career. So you've worked in some really demanding roles starting at a PR agency. You've been all over Chicago and now you're in a global marketing role and some really cool brands too. So we can get into those a little bit later, but what makes you excited about your job and what have you learned along the way?
0: Yeah, so it's interesting because I think when I first started interning back in college, I interned at Target Corporation, which was sort of my first big go at a large company. And I loved the community. I loved being around people, working in large team, teams, um, and also the, the competition that comes along with that, just the, the stakes are high, um, you're put to a certain standard. And so I really enjoyed the pressure in, I think, a healthy way. Um, So from my first internship experience, which was years and years ago, I sort of stayed on that same path of seeking out brands that I've always wanted to work for. So for me, that was like first and foremost, finding things that I was passionate about, um, which then helped make the work a lot easier. Uh, So, yeah, as you mentioned, I worked um, at a PR agency in Chicago for several years um, right out of school. And that was fast paced. which was crazy, but it was a really cool learning experience. I learned a ton about attention to detail and just managing clients and how to communicate. And I'm honestly so thankful for the position I held there. And I actually got to work on the Got Milk campaign, um, and which was crazy. Like All of a sudden, right off the bat, you're working with celebrities and talent that you would have never imagined crossing paths with. So from the beginning, it was always this fast-paced environment. And then I kind of grew from there. So I went to work with Gatorade as one of the accounts I was on, um, Kohl's on their corporate marketing team, and now today I'm working at Crocs um, on the global integrated marketing team.
2: Uh, I just remember you were all over the place um, getting to go to these really awesome events, everything from Ironman in Hawaii to walking the red carpet at the ESPYs, saying <laughs> hi to our former high school classmate, J.J. Watt, and he knows who you are. He's like, hey, Kelly,
0: what are <laughs> you
2: doing here? Um, so it's just always fun to watch what you guys are up to. Your job on the outside looks very glamorous because I see you, um, some of our other friends, going to these enormous events, but I also saw the behind the scenes. It's a lot of hard work.
0: So yeah, you just- and. I would say the cool part about that is it taught the juggle. Like I think early on from racing triathlons to juggling a full-time job that was demanding in terms of travel, um, I've taken a lot of tips and tricks along the way that I've honestly implemented into motherhood. So it's kind of interesting that you think a corporate career can prep you for becoming a mom too. And certainly,
2: and that's what we were just going to get into. I know that you just returned back to work after your maternity leave. First of all, kudos to your company for getting, giving you a promotion while you were on maternity leave. I love hearing about companies honoring a woman's talent even when she is out and taking care of her fresh newborn. Has it been hard to go back to work after Parker joined you?
0: Yes, I think this is the understatement of the century. Uh, working moms, I would say, no matter what you do, it is incredible to figure out how to balance a schedule with an entirely new human on your plate. Um, so I think from physical changes in your body, like I joke that my brain is just not turned on yet um, to figuring out how I'm going to feed her first commute into the office or commute upstairs because we're quarantine working from our house right now with a nanny inside. Um, the juggle is real. And I tell every mom that I cross paths with, whether it's someone that's on my team or someone I know that's working and balancing hobbies and a baby, like you are truly incredible because um, it definitely takes time. So I haven't quite fine tuned my process yet in terms of what flows best in the morning to like what my evening looks like. But I'm about three weeks in um to working and being a mom and and I'm slowly but surely like figuring out the best process and practice. So I think the way that I've approached it is the first week was like trial and error. Let's see what works. The second week taking some of those tips, throwing out the door what absolutely did not work. And now by the th- third week, you feel a little bit more programmed and processed. But I think the best thing you can do is just be patient with yourself and, and your baby because they're also changing and growing all the time too. Um, and openly communicating with your team, like setting your boundaries and and saying like, I will not be in until 830 because I drop my kid off at the nanny every other day at 8am. So it's just getting a little bit more organized, as you guys know, to, to be able to Balance both being a mom, finding time and space for for being a mom, but then also finding the time and space for being a professional.
2: Give us one example of something that just absolutely did not work.
0: I I'll, I think a lot of these people probably follow expecting and empowered. So working out actually is one of them. Um, I have not figured out where my space is to find my own time to work out, feed a baby, shower and then be ready for my work day. So I've typically been like, oh, I'm going to start the day and this is going to be magical with my workout. I'm going to have coffee and I'm going to show up like bright eyed on my first work call. And that just does not happen because sometimes your baby wakes up at 545, sometimes 630. Um, so I would say working out is something that I've always been pretty dialed into and programmed, but I have not found my best approach for that yet. So yeah. sometimes it's looked like eight PM at night, and other times five AM. It really no, depends. I
2: can I can completely relate. I used to love to start my day with a workout, but now, um, in the in the season, depending on the age of the the littlest child, is what where I swing my workouts. You know, so I know I'll get back to morning workouts someday, but it's just not today. That's just not happening
1: today.
0: That is the truth. Yep. And Kelly, I'm proud
1: of you because you're just so encouraging right now. You're three weeks into this maternity or coming back from maternity leave. And I'm like... Okay, I gotta remember all these tips that you're giving right now because (laughs) first time mom is giving us all the tips. I'm like, I thought that I had it down, and now that you're saying these things, I'm like, I gotta write that one down. I totally Uh thought of that on my own, but we have a lot of similarities as you speak right now. I'm like, you're speaking my language, and Parker and Owen are just a couple months apart. Mm -hmm. So, giving birth to your first baby during a global pandemic. There's going to be no birth experience ever like that again, I can promise you there. Having her breach, we share similarities there as well, and then not having the support that most of us had pre-COVID. like This is just a different experience completely. So how did everything go? And what tips did you take away from this experience that you might be able to share with our listeners?
0: Yeah, boy. So I think one unique thing about being a first-time mom during all of this is that I don't honestly know any different. So while everyone was, every other mother was there to support me through this, I honestly was like, nobody can come to the hospital. Like, okay, I guess that's just (laughs) what we do. Um, so I would say tip number one is, and Abby, I know you've shared this a thousand times over is like, you can't plan having a child and you can't plan how it's going to go. So I think letting go of that right from the get go and just being present in the moment. So um, there were so many people who would approach me and ask like, how is it going? Are you going to go to the hospital? Are you having a home birth? And I'm like, Whoa, guys, like I have two and a half more months to go. Like being mindful of your surroundings and what was happening was super important, but not getting carried away with it and thinking too far in, in advance because I think that's where you can start to spiral. So, um, so yeah. Then we found out we had a breech baby at 36 weeks. I went in, and my doctor was like, "Well, this little bugger is the wrong way." And and again, I didn't. I wasn't even going into this appointment prepped for that. That was an option. Um, so, th- thankfully, my doctor. I said, "Okay, so what are my options?" Like, I didn't even really know. And she laid it out, like, here's what you can do. You can try and flip the baby. You can, um... (laughs) I know you guys fumbled over this word on the previous podcast with Owen. (laughs) Then you actually go to the hospital and flip the baby. Only Amy can say it. So (laughs) it's
2: a cephalic version and there's a E before it. It's like extra or something. External? External. external. I got one word. There we go. version.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There we go. That was an option or to like let it be. And something deep down inside of me was feeling like this baby was the way it was because it, it didn't wanna flip. And so I did a light yoga and walked and did some down dogs, but really that was about it. I Something deep down was telling me it was not a good idea to move this baby. Um, and I listened to that and sure enough, she had her cord wrapped around her neck when she was delivered and the doctor looked at me and said, you were right. Um, so I think that too, I I know that's kind of controversial of like, do you flip the baby? Do you not flip the baby? Do you still try to deliver it? And what I found for me was speaking to my doctor. I had selected her at the beginning of this journey for a reason. And she knew me, she got to know me over these last seven months. And so it was the conversation between her and I that, that I really listened to, um, and and sort of use that as my compass because if you start googling and researching and diving way too deep down the rabbit hole, um, I think that is where it at least stresses me out. So I knew it would get dangerous for my mental health to to look too deep into the possibilities. Um, and then I think same same for COVID. Like the best thing I could have done and did was I stayed close to the hospital, and they did uh, lots of different options for moms, which I was really grateful for. They had um, weekly calls that you could join on Wednesday nights to ask questions. And I was one of two moms that actually called in. (laughs) (laughs) So you kind of laugh at yourself in the moment, like, am I the only weirdo that's using this service But we went to the hospital and I was the one reassuring everyone around me, like telling my mom Mom, this hospital is dialed in. They are—they know what they're doing. They assured us they've been prepping for this since January. Um, so I actually went in feeling pretty confident and comfortable with everyone around me. So what a cool resource! It wasn't, Our hospitals yeah. don't
1: have that. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, Rose Hospital in Denver was by far like a phenomenal experience again I don't know because it was my first baby of anything to compare it to but it it really was positive they were they they did this video with masks on their faces and they said don't worry we're really happy and we're smiling under here Mm -hmm. we just are wearing masks to, to protect you and your baby so lots of cute things were done that made you as a mom feel really confident and comfortable in in where you were delivering Thank you for sharing all that. Some of those
2: subjects, like Kelly said, they can be controversial, you know, the breach C-section or how you're going to handle COVID. But again, our podcast is here so that every woman gets to show up, share her opinions, be herself. If you guys would have made a different choice, you know, we support that as well. So I wanted to get into this a little bit, though. I got I was able to meet Parker, Kelly's daughter, when she was a few months old. And I was so proud of Kelly for setting boundaries that she felt comfortable and that she felt safe with. I know that it wasn't always easy for you, but you told me that actually really helped you keep your peace of mind. Setting your boundaries helps you keep peace of mind. Can you tell us some of the boundaries that you did set and how they were received by your friends and your family?
0: Yeah. So I just knew that if I would have ever put Parker in harm's way of COVID as a new mom, seeing my baby sick for the first time, it would have been heartbreaking. And so I just didn't even want to go there. Like I didn't want to cross paths with potential infection or sickness. And so um, luckily our friends and family were pretty supportive, which I know is is I'm so grateful for because that's not always the case. And that's where a lot of moms, I think, have struggled through this. But um, first and foremost, when Parker was teeny tiny, first brought home from the hospital, um, all the grandparents got COVID tests. So we were thankful that our pediatrician had access to this. It was early May, so testing wasn't that widespread. Um, So everyone went to the pediatrician, and that was sort of step one Um, mind you, my parents drove in from Wisconsin and we had talked back and forth about a plan. There was like ideas of renting an RV. Should we stay in a hospital or in a hotel? Is that even safe? So we came up with the idea of renting an Airbnb. They had it professionally cleaned before they got there. Um, and then they stayed quarantined for about two weeks before they met Parker. So they came before her due date and then stayed through while we were in the hospital and then got to meet her shortly after we were out. Um, anyone that came over to visit, they stood outside, we would bring Parker out, and they wore masks, which to be honest, we didn't have to ask a ton of friends to do that, which I thought was so cool that they just respected the boundary and the space. Um, and then as she got older, it almost got a little more challenging because I think people were a little more comfortable with the quarantining and, and almost sick of having to abide by these rules. So Um, park dates were a big thing. We just sort of said, like, I think getting people in our house, it requires us to clean more, requires us to, um, like just be more, um, forward with our rules at our house versus if we were at a park. So we did a lot of park meetups where everyone had their own blanket and stayed apart. Um, but yeah, pretty much everything we kept with meeting the baby was outside. And then those that we, Really felt we're in our inner circle, and we knew they were safe and didn't have kids in daycare. Um, got to hold Parker, so that's pretty much family, um, to be honest. But again, that was my peace of mind, and I knew that if I could stay stress free, the experience would be a thousand times better. So
2: yeah, and and when I saw Kelly and Parker and a couple other friends, we were outside social distanced none of us held parker which of course like that would have been great if that were possible but just to see your friend thriving and support her and understand like you're you're helping the mom at that point as well as the baby to do whatever the mom is comfortable with i think that that should lead the way
1: And it's interesting that you bring up how people automatically just wear masks. I've loved that part of New Parenthood. People will come over wearing their masks and then right away they'll say, hey, are you comfortable with this? And depending on who they are, like with Amy, for instance, we've been quarantined together or not quarantined, but we've been been together uh, since obviously the pandemic started. So we felt very comfortable, but there's other people who it's like, nope, just park dates. That's the way that we're going to go. So Kelly, let's switch gears a little bit here. You and your husband, Chris, you just celebrated your second anniversary, but I know that you've been together for a really long time. So you've really been able to lay a foundation before having kids. So you're a brand new mama right now. You're in it right now. Let us know how your dip into parenthood has been and also some tips for other couples that are about to welcome their first babies.
0: Yeah. It's been awesome. I know this is not the response that everyone (laughs) probably wants to hear, but I think to your point of tips that have really helped us out is one, like we're, we're pretty dialed into each other. Um, I said it at our wedding two years ago, but I think Chris was the one that helped me figure out who I was before I even really saw that. So he knew that like exercise movement time to myself, whether it was 10 minutes or an hour made me a better person. So he knows to carve that time out for me because it's special and meaningful and important to me. Um, Same with healthy eating. I think early on, he has always offered to cook and loves to cook and said, which again, ladies, this is like a dream come true. But he literally said, you tell me what to cook and I'll make it. And so I laid the foundation and said, well, I would really appreciate it if a lot of our meals had lots of veggies, some good protein, and then like a sweet potato or some healthy carb. And like, that's the way I like to eat. And now he cooks that way. So those types of arguments and like systems of support that we already had out of the way and dialed into process, I think carried us seamlessly into becoming parents, um, and then we really approached parenting, I feel like, together. Like, it was never, okay, Kelly's gonna go take the hospital course on breastfeeding. I don't need to worry about that. He wanted to learn and wanted to understand what it was about. So, we talked about articles we would read or tips that we would uncover um, and really approached it together, which I think then helped understand the problems that can come up. So whether it's mom's feeling like she's being demanded all the time because she's breastfeeding. Um, Chris makes sure that he goes and makes me food. When I went back to work, I said, if you can just help me eat, then I can feed a baby and work all day. And so he now makes me breakfast, even if it sits on the counter for two hours, like it's there and it's made. Um, So I feel like we've been really open and defined about what roles can help me, but also what can help him? Um, and he likes his alone time after work, like whether that's hanging with Parker, listening to music, watching TV. So give him that space. Like that's all he asks is for an hour to decompress after work. Um so I make sure to find that time for him. And then I think the biggest thing is being flexible, and that has to be a two way street. Like, Both partners need to understand that there's going to be this ebb and flow. I think we've changed our routine maybe five times already since Parker's been born. Like, for the beginning, I was putting her to bed because he was getting up early and going to work. Then all of a sudden, it shifted because she wasn't waking up in the night anymore. So it made more sense for him to put her to bed and me to get her up in the morning. So I think just being vocal, like, right in the spot that, like, this isn't working for me. How can we change? and trying it out. Like I think being um, open with your partner about this isn't working for me and fixing that is super important too. Um, And as the recipient of this advice saying like, okay, cool, yeah, let's try something new and see if it works. But like, it's not always going to work, I think is the, the reminder to like be fluid.
2: Kelly, that was an incredible answer. And I, you know, there's things that still three kids in, you can plug in and in and, and go back to the basics on some of this when something isn't working for one of you. Um, I did love this story that you told me when we were in person. You said that Parker one night was being fussy and you knew that she was fed and that she was taken care of. And Chris Looked at you and he said, Oh, I think she wants her mama. And you gave him pushback. You said, Chris, you know, you can do anything for her at this point that I can do. So you had him figure that out. I think that that's one area that women struggle with. Like, I know when I was a first time mom, I scooped Max up. Like, I thought that I could soothe him better. So, how did you have the foresight to get your husband um, coached? and ready to give him that pushback of like, no, babe, you've got to figure this out for yourself.
0: Yeah. Luckily, we're in this age where we have amazing resources like this podcast and your Instagram. And so I feel like I've picked up little tips and tricks along the way from various resources, but I did read once that said, as long as your baby is not in harm's way, everyone is going to have this new unique way of handling your baby that your baby's actually going to connect and bond with. And so I thought that was really cool to remember and keep in mind about dads and grandparents and nannies that like, I'm a new mom, what do I know, to be honest, like, uh, yeah, I can I can figure out because I've held Parker and hung out with her from the day she was born. So I could probably figure out how to get her to calm down. But I think there's something really unique and special that I, I observed about other people being able to handle and care for her as well. So it it was honestly more out of, I want you to build this bond with her that she knows you can be a source of comfort versus me wanting to be hands off and not interject. Um, so I feel like it, it's just as important for any parent, any caretaker to develop their own set of skills to, to be with this and bond with this baby. And so that's really where I was coming from was like, you got, you got this as much as I do. I'm, I'm a new mom. You're a new dad. I don't know any more than you do at this point. Um, and, And to be honest, now he takes, we, we tag team everything. It's like, he's confident and comfortable enough to know that he could figure out what she needs and vice versa. So I think setting that foundation from early on is super important.
1: It's probably the postpartum hormones, but that just like filled my heart so much hearing you say that because it also teaches our children that they can bond with other people. It doesn't just have to be mom every time. So thank you for sharing that part of it, Kelly.
0: Yeah. And and with COVID, I think that's super important because your kids aren't getting exposed to a variety of people from the get-go, which I know is a huge thing that people talk about is making sure your kids are comfortable and being able to be handed off to different people. And, and so you've got to maximize what you can with your small circle around you.
1: Completely. And you mentioned this before that Chris does a great job of giving you time to take for yourself, but you also do a really good job of taking it. Like Amy and I both have mentioned, we did not do that when we were first time moms. So first of all, I want to applaud you, but it might be an extended facial or maybe it's a wake surfing on Colorado Lake. Like you do some cool things with your, <laughs> with your time alone. So for you, Kelly, what benefits have you experienced from this? And also, can you encourage some other women to take time for themselves as well?
0: Yes. Um, I mean, the biggest benefit for me is just ease of mind. I think I can feel inside myself bubbling up when I haven't had time, I haven't had space, I haven't maybe had a moment to like think and relax. And so I think ease of mind and even just like physical tension in the body, I can just feel it melt away as soon as I take that time and space for myself. Um, what I would advise people is like, this is not an hour. It's not a full day affair at the spa. It's little moments that add up to big, big results. Um, so for example, in the early days I would feed Parker, but right before I would pick her up to feed her, I'd put on a face mask. And then when I'd feed, I would turn off the TV. I'd listen to calming music and put my phone away. So it was this 20 minutes carved out that was like our little oasis of time um, that held me super present with her, um, but also helped to relax me just from a mental standpoint. Um, And then I think physically, it's multitasking in the best ways you can. Our nanny uh, share, we have a nanny share in their house is a mile up the road. So on the days that I can, and I purposely try to push back meetings for work, I walk there and back and you get two miles first thing in the morning um, of exercise. Same with strength training. It's little moments here and there. Like I know that this is not my season to go out and chase that Ironman PR, but this is my season to strengthen my hips up like in my upper back so that I can hold a baby and be prepped and ready and recovered from this first pregnancy for the next. So, um, being super intentional about what you're doing, but taking these tiny little moments to fit them in, make big change. Um, I know you talked about wake surfing, I think too, finding little nuggets where you can actually leave the baby I would only go for 2 hours. This wasn't like a full weekend affair. It was 2 hours of fun and like commit to those 2 hours and then get back to feed the baby and and be a mom again. But little little bits here and there really add up.
2: Oh, there's so much goodness in this episode already, Kelly um watching you transition into motherhood and hearing you talk here today it seems like things are going really really well so i did want to ask what do you find the most challenging part of your new role
0: i think the most challenging part is is the juggle i spoke about earlier is just figuring out what what what's your new system what's your new process to fit it all in and almost paring down your priorities. So you don't know that you need to prioritize as much as you do before you're a mom. And now it's like every meeting, every hangout, every meal needs to be prioritized in order to also carve out time to be a mom and and spend that sacred time with your baby. So I think figuring out what my priorities are and then shuffling all of that into this new schedule Um, that is always changing, of course, because babies do nothing but grow and change um, has been the most challenging part. And I think too, that the demand, uh, I underestimated the relentlessness of children, like as amazing as it is, this sweet little girl is up every single morning at 6.30am. So there is no break on a Sunday. There is no like evening hangout because, oh, the baby just doesn't need to go to bed tonight. No, they need to go to bed every night, wake up every morning and eat six times a day with no vacation. Um, So it's incredible and amazing, but boy, it's sure relentless.
1: Relentless, what a good word. That's, That's the perfect word to describe it, Kelly. One question I love asking people is what are your pillars for healthy living? So with the juggle, what do you really prioritize when it comes to nutrition, self-care, working out, and have those things changed over the years?
0: Yeah. So the pillars, I would say, overarching in my life are connection. So connection to family and friends. Um, nutrition is super important to me. I think if you have like a dialed-in healthy eating approach that is pretty intuitive and easy to follow... It's more of a lifestyle than a commitment. Um, Hydration. Amy and I have always been big on drinking (laughs) water from like early, early on. And to this day, I think I'm like known as like the number one hydrator of friends and family. Um, So always carrying a water bottle with you and exercise slash activity. I think um, so. It's not about winning. It's not about competition. It's not about being perfect, I would say, in general, these pillars are about having guidelines to follow. So a little deeper nutrition, I try and eat mostly fruits and vegetables with healthy protein at every meal and a healthy fat at every meal. And if you can eyeball that like throughout your day and know that you've gotten pretty good nutrients, then when you want the cookie, you know, you deserve the cookie. So there's no like strict approach to it. It's just eating what your body needs and and eating for fuel because I need energy to be a mom and I need energy to be an athlete and I need energy to be a good professional. Um, Hydration is so important. Obviously, as moms, like breastfeeding, you need to hydrate to fuel your baby, but also yourself. Um, And then one I didn't mention that's super important also is sleep. Um, I know Amy is this way as well, but man, like, you cannot get up to tackle the morning with a workout and feeding a baby and getting ready for work if you don't go to bed early. So staying connected with family and friends, following mostly a healthy eating regimen, staying hydrated and good sleep are sort of what what makes me uh, operate at 100
2: Well, now our listeners can probably tell why we've been friends for 27 years, because we really abide by these things. But while you were talking, I was like, the thing is, we've both really grown into this. Like we've evolved, you know, food used to be more strict guidelines or, um, you know, really, really healthy during the week, not so healthy on the weekend. So we've both kind of taken this path side by side, not even really comparing notes along the way. But I think it's really cool to share. Like, If you're not there right now, you can definitely grow towards that. Kelly, you have left us with so many takeaways, so much information. I wanted to know if you had one last takeaway for our listeners.
0: I thought about this question long and hard because I'm <laughs> like, what can I summarize that's going to leave everyone with like this profound impact that I think... Um, My biggest takeaway is enjoy and be a part of the process. Everything in life is a process. You're learning, you're growing, you're changing and evolving and enjoy it. Like There is no reason to be a frazzled, manic, stressed out new mom because your child is only a newborn for so long. So just enjoy the milk on you, the late nights, the early mornings, the relentlessness, enjoy that and grow from it. And so I think um, bundled up into that one statement of enjoy the process is like continue to educate yourself, can always learn and want to grow and um, stay present in these moments and enjoy them. Like there is no reason to stress Hence why people probably said we were the most positive apartment in Chicago.
2: Like me. Um, <laughs> but I'll leave you with that. Are. Be where your feet are. That's exactly right. And you guys out there, you have requested, you're like, we want a non-influencer, uh, Non, you know, big expert. We want a woman that we can just relate to. And that is one reason we brought Kelly on the podcast. She is this corporate marketing woman that just had a new baby, but she has so many good takeaways. So if you guys like this episode and you want us to keep bringing on normal moms who are phenomenal, um, share it in your story, tag us, and we will keep surveying these wonderful women to you. Thank
0: you so much for being here, Cal. Thank you guys. This is awesome. have a great day.